Well, praise the wonderful name of Jesus, everybody. Hello, this is Pastor Mark A. Stroud, and I thank you so much for joining me for another exciting broadcast right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Well, on today's broadcast, we're going to go into a part two in the new series entitled A New Life. I believe that you will be richly blessed as you hear this message, so you don't want to miss not one part of it. Before we go into the message, I just want to remind you to go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. There you can subscribe to Kingdom Inspirations. That's our weekly newsletter that comes out. I think you're going to be richly blessed. I have videos there and sermons and just so much more and encouraging words. I cannot wait for you to get it. It's all free. Just go to the website at www.kingdomrock.org. Just go to the homepage and click on Kingdom Inspirations and you're going to be richly blessed. Sign up today. All right, without any further ado, here comes part number two of the series, A New Life. It is subtitled, Dismissed, right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. All right. Well, I pray that you are hungry today and you come expecting uh, to hear what thus saith the Lord. Amen. All right. Well, today uh, we're going to continue in the same series that we were in on last week. Uh, the series entitled A New Life. And uh, y'all have special prayer for Tori because she's going to do her best to keep up with us with all the scriptures today. She can have a tip cup back there if you want uh, to give her a tip if she does a good job today. Are you with me? Amen. We have all the scriptures on the screen for you to uh, just to help us better utilize our time together. Uh, here on Sunday morning. So that gives you an opportunity to make notes, to jot down notes of things that really stick out to you, uh, really stick out to you uh, so that you can go back and review these things later. I'm telling you now that um, what we're about to discuss, what the Lord is showing us, uh, you will need to know this uh, in the days ahead. So I pray that you're ready to go with me today. Uh, so just if you would, just for one more uh, moment, just um, we're going to just pray. Father, uh, one more time, Father, I thank you for the opportunity to bring forth your word. Lord, I know that this is of you. I know that you are here with me now. I know that you're here with us now. We ask that by your great Holy Spirit that you would speak to us, that you would open up our, our hearts to hear rather and to, to receive your word, open up our ears to hear your word. Lord, we pray that there will be no distraction and no hindrance to your word going forth today. Lord, we know the enemy is present. He's present trying to distract things. But Lord, we pray that he will not be a hindrance to the people of God today. Lord, we pray that our eyes will be open to see, ears will be open to hear, hearts will be open to respond. In Jesus' name, we believe me for this. Teach us now, we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, this is, this is definitely a weighty word. So I don't take this very lightly today at all. So I pray that you don't as well. All right, here we go. Now, today we want to speak from the subtitle of your case has been what? Dismissed. Your case has been dismissed. And as I was praying about that and praying about you this morning, I pray we'll actually get to the dismissed part. We'll probably only get to the case part, but we'll, we'll go as we go. And I just follow the leading of the Lord. Your case has been dismissed. This is part two of the series, A New Life. Now, as we talk about case and talk about the word dismissed, 
Some people would say, well, pastor, aren't those legal terms? Isn't that supposed to be something for the courthouse and not the church house? Have you gotten your wires crossed, pastor? We're in church, not in the courts. We're in church. But you'll be surprised how much of God's word concerns law. And the failure that we have really in many of our places of worship, not all, of course, the failure that we have as being born again believers is not understanding that. Not all, of course, but some have not understood. And unless you understand where you are, you can't you can't effectively operate in it. You have to know where you are and what's going on. So today we're going to show you where you are and what's going on so that you know how to operate in it. As I said before, there are many, uh, the, the Bible is full of law. If you understand this, the Bible is a book of law. You'll find that there are many legal terms in the Bible. As a matter of fact, if I were to ask you to write down a list, a short list of legal terms that you can think about in the Bible, many of you would come up with quite a few. I thought about these. I prayed about these. And I found well over 20 legal terms in Scripture. Let me give you just a few. You'll find the word law in the Bible. You can't get more legal than that. You'll find the word forgiveness. You find the word testament, uh, transgression, mercy, grace, all are legal terms. Righteousness, redemption, restoration, redeem, petition, judgment, condemnation, innocence, guilt, accuser, mediator, judge, debt, made whole, freedom, bondage, prison. Yeah, that was a legal term too, isn't it? Prison, confess, testimony. All of these are legal terms. And all are found in the Bible. And there are many more that have not been discussed today. So if we say, well, the, the, the Bible has nothing to do with the law, you are, you are deceived. It has a lot to do, if not everything to do with it. And today we're going to show you these things in the word of God. So here's what the issue is. We have seen, we have looked up toward heaven and we have acknowledged him as being God. That's wonderful. Jesus came and told us that he is not only God, but he is also father. That's great. That's wonderful. He's God. He's father. And now we see him also as savior, as redeemer, but not many, and also as friend. But not many understand that he is also judge. He is a just judge. You're going to have to see your father, your God, as a just judge. And you're going to see this in the word of God today. He's just and he rules according to his word. God rules or he um, adjudicates, if you will, according to his word. Uh, and he always rules in favor of his ways, of his principles, of his statutes, of his standards. So for a moment, I want you to think about a judge sitting high on his throne. And understand that you are right now actually 
in a courtroom. If you keep that picture before you, it will actually help you understand the entire Bible. You'll understand that God just doesn't do things to be doing things. He is fulfilling his word. He is enforcing his word. He is enforcing law, law enforcement. Let's look at some scripture. Let's go to, to Romans. Romans, uh, the 14th chapter, Romans 14. We'll be looking at scripture um, uh, today here in the King James Version, Romans 14, verses 10 through 12. And this is how it reads. It says this, but why, why doest thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set at naught thy brother? In other words, why do you despise him? Look at the very next phrase. For we say we shall all say all. We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Isn't that something? We shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Look at verse 11. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me and every tongue shall confess to God. Verse 12. So then everyone, say everyone. Every one of us shall give account of himself to God. All right. Now look at our second um, Corinthians, second Corinthians five and 10. Listen to how this reads out of the uh, New International Version. It says this for we must all say all. OK, now all includes everybody. It excludes nobody. OK, we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. So that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Now, when the Bible talks about the judgment seat of Christ as it relates to the born again believer, when you and I stand before Jesus Christ on the day of judgment, standing at standing before the judgment seat and you will you understand that you will stand before Jesus the Christ as judge don't get up and leave just yet but when you are at if you are indeed a born again believer when you're when you are before the judgment seat of Christ, it will not be for sin. Because his blood, the blood of Jesus, the blood of the Lamb of God, the Savior of the world has already dealt with your sin. Already washed your sin away. So when you the born again believer, when we you and I, I also, yes, I am not excluded. I also will have to stand before his majesty, the great king. You will stand before Jesus. But if you are a born again believer, sin will not be the question there. This will not be a case to see whether you would be going to heaven or to hell. Because you've received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, God already says righteous. The high judge, the just judge has already decreed righteous. You can't be tried again. There's no double jeopardy. 
You can't be tried again. You've already been declared righteous by the high, by the high courts of heaven, by the supreme court of heaven because of your faith in Christ Jesus. Because you've seen him as Lord, Savior, King, as you see him and you acknowledge him as Christ. Are you hearing me? That's already settled. But what will be adjudicated on that day or be decided are your rewards. What you did for Christ or what you did not do for him. Now, what we don't want to see on that day or don't want to know on that day is that there is something that we should have done in this life. And we fail to do it. No, you won't be going to hell, but there is something that you will miss out on throughout eternity. And there are no do overs. It's either we get it right now. I'm not talking about sin or not sin. That's already decided. You understand? Do I need to say that again? This judgment seat of Christ is not talking about your sin that's already been dealt with. You're going to heaven if you're born of God. But this will be determined, this case will be determined, uh, did you fulfill your assignment? Did you do what he told you to do? Were you obedient unto him? Were you faithful? When you did things for him, was it for him or did you do it to be seen? We're going to talk about motives at that time, motives for doing good. If we had the proper motives, if we did it to, for him, then as our works go before him and there'll be fire that will be there. If our works abide the fire, the Bible says, then we will gain a, gain a reward. If our works do not abide the fire, if they burn up in the fire, then there is no reward because we did it for the wrong reason. We were not faithful. So I'm telling you this. There is more to being a Christian than just being nice to people or coming to church or not sinning. You've got an assignment. There are things written about you in heaven already in the books. And you must now we must now fulfill our destiny on this planet. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. This is one reason why the apostles said they move with fear. Because they know that they will give an account. As the scriptures talks about even uh, those in leadership, the pastor, I will give an account for you. I will give an account for you. I will give an account of how I preach the word of God, of how I live this word. I'll give an account. You give an account as to how you receive the word and how you gave that word to others. We will all give an account. All right. But as far as uh, a court case, whether to decide whether you're going to heaven or hell, that's already decided. You're going to glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. But how you go throughout eternity is another question. All right. Now, now let's look. I'm going to show you a couple of more cases of the world. You are not involved in this. But the world is those who are not born of God. They are definitely in this group. Let's look now at Romans, the sixth Romans, the second chapter, Romans two, chapter two, verse 16. And let's read this out of the, out of the new living translation. Are you there? Romans two sixteen says this. 
And this is a message I proclaim that the day is coming when God, say God, through Christ Jesus will do what? Judge everyone's what? Secret life. God will judge everyone's secret life. Here again, it's not talking about the born again believer because your sin has already been judged in the body of Jesus. But it is talking about those who have not known the Lord. Let's look at our verse. Let's go, let's, let's go into Revelation. Revelation 20, verses 11 uh, through 14. Are y'all with me today? Revelation 20, verse 11 through 14. Listen to how this reads. Also, I have the New Living Translation. Love the way this reads. And he says, And I saw a, a great white throne and one sitting on it. The earth and sky fled from his presence, but they uh, found no place to hide. Verse 12. I saw the dead, both great and small, standing before God's throne and the what? And the books, S, plural. The books were open, including the book of life. Verse 13. The sea gave up its dead. Now, this is something. Wait, wait, no. Back up a second. I missed one. He said, and the books were open, including the book of life, and the dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. The dead were judged. Here again, the dead here speaking not of the born again believers that have died. No, we're not in this group at all. The dead, that is the unrighteous dead, those that have died without Christ. Books, records are being kept. Angels are taking notes of things that are being done. Nobody gets away with anything. I did a, a periscope not too long ago, and we talked about unforgiveness or forgiving people. Some people say, well, I can't forgive them for what they've done to me. I cannot forgive him. I cannot forgive her of what they did to me. So I will not forgive them. In other words, what they're saying is that I'm going to hold you. I'm going to hold your sin against you. I'm going to make you pay for what you've done. That's what we say when we're talking about not forgiving somebody. We're trying to make them pay for their sin. You're going to get it for what you've done to me. No, there's no need for that. No need. The Bible says that vengeance is mine, saith the Lord, I'll repay. It's up to us just to forgive and let it go. Forgiveness is for us. It is not for them. Say that with me. Forgiveness is for me. It's not for them. Because when you forgive somebody, you release yourself from the pain of that moment. If you hold someone in unforgiveness, that means you will continue to relive that pain over and over and over and over again. You'll talk about it. You'll tell somebody else about it. You relive it over and over and over again. You'll never get past that moment. So forgiveness helps you to move on from that moment. Forgiveness is for you. It is not for them. And even we can say forgiveness is for him talking about the Lord and not for them. Because the Lord released you of your sin, we ought also to release others of their sins against us. So again, nobody gets away with anything. What was done to you by whoever, whenever, 
It's been written in the book. And the Bible says that they will be judged by the things that were done because they're being written. Are you, are you hearing? So don't worry about if they're going to get it back or not. No, don't worry about that. Don't even let that be a part of your thinking because nobody gets away with anything. It's being judged. It will be in the books. Verse 13, and it says, uh, and the sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead and all say all and all were judged according to their deeds. <laughs> I got to get away with it. Whether OJ did it or not, he can't get away with it. It, it doesn't matter. It's written in the books. Everybody will be held accountable to what we what they have done. It says, and all were judged according to their deeds. Verse 14. Then death and the grave were thrown into the lake of fire. This lake of fire is the second death. Now, I want, to, I want you to see something for now that's very peculiar in verse number 13. It says the sea gave up its dead and death and the grave gave up their dead. It looks like three different things here. The sea gave up its dead and death gave up its dead and the grave gave up its dead. Very peculiar. You're going to see that further as we go on. All right. So what we're seeing here is that the verses that we just talked about, these are things that will take place. We will stand before Christ. If you're born of God, don't have to worry about sin, but there will be a time when the Lord will, when we will give an account as to what we have done for him. The gifts that he has given to you, the talents that he's given to you. Remember like the uh, parable of the talents? They went out and, and some traded and one did not. The king came back and said, give account. That's, that's prophetic because it talks about a time when all of us will have to stand before Jesus. Now, the books will be open. The records will be seen. And on that day in glory, we'll see your, you'll see yourself sitting here in this church service and hearing the word of God when the preacher told you that you will give an account of what you've done. How you use God's resources, how you use your time, how you use your gifts, how you use your talents, how you use your abilities for the glory of God or for yourself. The books will be opened. So we move with fear. And so here again, these are things that will happen. The judgment day and all that will happen. But I want you to realize that you're actually in a courtroom setting right now. Right now. The final verdict won't be rendered. But you do have an accuser. You do have the prosecution that is very active against you. Let's look now at Revelation, Revelation 12. We're going to spend the bulk of our time here. I pray you're still with me here and I haven't lost you. That's one thing about prophetic ministry. Sometimes I'm, it's, I just love the prophetic ministry and other times, oh my goodness, it can wear me out because I can feel when you're listening and I can feel when you're not. 
Praise God. But let's go on a little bit further. Revelation 12, verse number seven, and verse, verse from seven to 12. This is how it reads. I'm going to read the entire uh, scripture and then I'll go back and we'll visit a little bit and then we'll close out for today because we're not going to get all of us today, uh, all of this today. I don't want to. I don't want to rush it through because this is extremely important, more important than than many of us know. So the verses that we've just talked about are for the future time, but they're not today. The final verdict has has not um, been delivered, uh, but we're actually in a court setting right now. So let's look at this. Revelation 12, verses 7 through uh, 12, and it reads like this. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, verse 8, and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. Now, that is talking about the third heaven. There are three heavens we understand. The first heaven is the atmosphere. The second heaven is what we call outer space. And the third heaven is that that is above outer space. That's the third heaven. That's the place where God's throne actually is, the third heaven. So when uh, Lucifer, who is the dragon here, the devil, Satan, when he came against uh, God, when he came against heaven, Michael, the archangel Michael and the holy angels overthrew uh, the devil, overthrew him and those angels that fought with him. There was there was war in heaven. Look at verse number eight and prevailed not. Neither was their place found anymore in heaven. They cannot enter in anymore into the third heaven to the throne room of God. Verse number nine says, and the great dragon was cast what? And the great dragon was cast what? That's very important that you understand that. And the great dragon was cast out. That old serpent called who? The devil and who? And Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast what? He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Now, verse 10. And I heard a, a loud voice saying in heaven, Now, say now. now. That is a present now, always present now. Okay, what we've just talked about, the war in heaven, that has happened, that is past. Now we're talking about something that is going on at this moment. It's always a present now, okay? It says, um, verse 10, and I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, now is come. You need to make a note of this in your Bible, make a note of this on your papers, telling you, now is come salvation, one and strength two and the kingdom of our God three and the power of his Christ four now is come salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ why has it come for the accuser of the brethren, the accuser, that's Lucifer. That's Archangel Lucifer, who is also known as a dragon, who is also known as the devil, who is also known as Satan or Beelzebub. He, it says, for the accuser, we can say uh, also the accuser is another term that we can use as a legal term for a prosecutor. 
You're going to see this. For the accuser of our brethren, that's the born again believers. For the accuser of the brethren has been cast what? Somebody ought to know something strange right there. For the accuser of the brethren has been cast down, which accused them before God when day and night. Now, Michael and his archangels cast the devil out. Cast the devil out and they fell from third heaven to the second heaven, fell down to the earth's atmosphere was where the first heaven where they are. That is the abode of demonic powers and principalities and powers. They are there in the atmosphere above the planet trying to rule, trying to rule and reign destruction on everybody that's down here. They cast the Michael, the archangel and uh, the faithful angels, the holy angels cast the enemy out. But it is the believers that actually cast the enemy down. When the enemy, when the accuser of the brethren is cast down, then you will have salvation and strength and the kingdom of God and you'll have the power of his Christ. Only when the accuser is cast down. That is when he no longer has a position of authority in your life, when he no longer has influence over your life, only when only when he has been silenced will you receive salvation, strength, the kingdom of God and the power of Christ. As we talk about a court system, the accuser is like the prosecutor and what he's doing even now before God day and night the father is the judge the father is the high judge he is a righteous judge he comes before God accusing you of your sins you cannot let them have this because they did this that and the other or even accusing you of the sins of your forefathers accusing you of sins of your lineage they cannot have this or they they i know what your word says but they aren't worthy to receive this because they did this that or the other or because their uncle did this their grandfather did that this is in their family line and he stands to accuse and accuse and accuse the word accuser there means also to speak against to argue against he is arguing against you receiving everything that God has for you. He is standing as an adversary, as an opponent, resisting you from receiving. Only when you stand in God's courtroom and you declare what God said, and you're going to see this. Only when you stand to resist him, resist the accuser. Then will he be cast down. Then your salvation will come. Then your strength will come. Then the kingdom of God, in other words, the resources of the kingdom of God will come. Then the power, the gifts, the, the anointing of Christ will come. Until then, your case is held up in court. 
And for many of us, it's still the stuff we haven't received. It's still hung up there. And you say, why haven't I received this by now? Why haven't I received this by now? It's stuck in court because we have not shown up in court to defend ourselves. Let's go a little bit further. And it says, verse 11, and they, talking about the brethren, the body of Christ, the body of Christ, they, we, overcame him. Who is him? The accuser. The prosecution. We overcame him. How? By the blood of the lamb and by the word of our testimonies, and they love not their lives unto death. Do you see that? I need to show you what these things mean. How do you overcome your accuser by the blood of the lamb? How do you overcome your accuser by the word of your testimony? And what does it mean to love not to love your life unto death? Because it is these elements that the word says uh, defeats the accuser. And don't you know you can live your Christian life, you can pray all you want to pray and this and that and the other, but if you don't deal with your accuser, what's held up will remain held up. And even even in the natural court system, you can receive a verdict and say they say, yes, you want a million dollars. But that case can be hung up in courts and it could be years before you get it, before you get the relief that you need. And if you don't show up in court, the judge can automatically side with the prosecutor. You didn't even show up and he'll side in favor with them. This is one of the importance of prayer life. Of staying before God. These things are actively happening now. They, these are things that have happened and are happening and will happen. Are you hearing? These are things that are true, but not for all. And the ones that it is true for, it's true, but not at all times. It's true now. But it, um, it's true now, and it will be true. And we'll get into this. I don't know how far to go, so Lord, I ask you to help me. Verse 12 says, Therefore rejoice, ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Praise God, rejoice, heavens. The enemies have been cast down, and you that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants, rather to the inhabitants of the earth. Do you see that? Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is what? Come what? Come down. There's a difference between come down and cast down. For the devil is come down unto you having great wrath because he knoweth that he hath but a short time. This come down is in reference to verse number seven. Because he was cast out of the third heaven, then he came down to the earth, seeking vengeance upon the ones that look like God. 
Now, man that is born again, we have a, the appearance of God. Fallen man, unborn again man, or the man that is uh, ungodly or without Christ, still has an appearance, but it is marred. It is marred. It is misshapen. And so regardless of whether we, we if, you, if you truly have the image of Christ on the inside of you, have the image of God inside of you, of course, he really, the enemy really hates your guts. But those that are not saved, not born again, he hates them too, just not as much. There is so much more I want to share, share with you today. So much more. All I would tell you is this. Your case has been dismissed. Soon we get to the dismissed part. But in order for me to bring that to you, you're going to have to pray. And seek the face of God. Because here's a word that is extremely weighty. It's extremely weighty. This is what I will tell you to you now. There are times in your life when some of you feel condemned. When you feel accused. If something, if the feeling of condemnation hovers over your life or the feelings of unworthiness hover over your life. This is probably so because the enemy has been talking about you severely. Trying to hold up something that belongs to you. You can feel it. Many of you will have dreams of being persecuted. And many times you'll even hear the whispers coming from other people. And you'll hear the same thing. They say the same thing about you from person to person to person. They don't even know each other, but they're saying the same thing, accusing you of the same thing over and over and over again. Why? Because that case is still active against you in heaven. And they're simply saying what the devil's saying about you. If you hear this over and over and over again, you must appear before the Lord. You're going to have to repent of your sins. Not only the sins of not only your sins, but the sins of your family and the sins of your forefathers. You're going to have to ask the Lord to reverse the curse and ask the blood to wash away everything in your bloodline. Anything that relates to that. Now, for the enemy to accuse you of something, he has to have some basis. He has to have something, even if it's as small as a pebble, he has to have something and then he tries to explode it. So you have some part in what he's trying to say. But as you confess your sins before the father, he is faithful and just to forgive and to cleanse. Then once you have been forgiven, cleansed, pardoned of the sin or pardoned of the iniquity, then you go in and ask for what is yours. You ask for the father, ask the father, ask the just judge then in this case to render a verdict in your favor that would release the things that belong to you. That would release it. Father, I thank you that I am released at this moment. 
Father, I pray that your people will hear your word and continue to receive the words that you are saying. Father, I pray that you would visit them even in the midnight hours, that you would visit them in dreams and in visions, that your word will come alive to them. Father, I pray that those who seek you for revelation or or illumination or understanding, Father, I pray that you will give it to them. You said those that ask, you would receive. So, Father, I thank you. I thank you that as they seek you, you're go- they're going to find it. And Father, I pray that the next time we are together, that you would even open wider your word, that we may see what is there, that we may apply it to our lives. Holy Spirit, I ask that you would lead your people, even this week, in repentance. And Father, I thank you that through the blood of Jesus, as they repent, as they confess their sins, that you can disarm the accuser because that sin is taken away. As they show up to court and declare your word out of your law book, your word trumps anything the devil's got to say. But we must show up and declare. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are our attorney. You are our mediator. But as wonderful as you are, you can't win the case without us being there. Father, I pray today in Jesus' name that you will lead your people into times of intercession. They will make confession and receive healing and deliverance. That whatever has been held up from your people would be wholly released and that they will be made whole. I thank you, Father. I thank you, Lord, for the next time we come back together for even greater things to be revealed. Bless your people this week, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen and amen. Amen. Well, if you're grateful for the Lord, uh, give him up. Well, I hope that you have enjoyed today's message right here on Kingdom Rock Radio. Remember, if you would like to hear this message in its entirety, all you have to do is just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org and click on the media button and select today's message. And while you're on the website, don't forget to sign up for the Kingdom Inspirational Video Blog. We're going to send you short inspirational clips that will bless you on a weekly basis. So sign up today right there at kingdomrock.org. That's www.kingdomrock.org. And if you're in the Bremen area, come on and stop by and visit us in a live service. We're located at 180 Helton Road in Bremen, Georgia. Give us a call at 770-537-1933. Remember, Sunday morning is at 10 a.m. and Wednesday night starts at 7 o'clock. We'll be so glad to see you. Well, until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.